When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga in the Spanish capital. Joining me today is Craig McGov. Craig, long time. How does it feel to be an official associate of FC Barcelona now? It feels good. It, um... For a for a club in dire financial straits, they certainly made it harder than it needed <laughs> to be to take my money. Uh, but yeah, it feels good. It's kind of it's kind of nice to get some validation, even if it's not needed. Yeah, it was great because you shared it with our WhatsApp group all the packets that you got and all the mm. the flair, as I like to say, all the cool flair that you got. So that was pretty cool. Thanks for sharing that. And okay. what other what other benefits? Really quick, because I'm I'm always this is what I'm aiming for, right? To get my my membership and my associate eventually uh, for tickets, because I'm always interested on that. Do you what does that give you for let's say Champions League? Do you just get like first crack at them for away games, or how does that work? Yeah. So my my understanding in terms of benefits. Maybe should have looked into this a bit more than I than I did, but certainly how it used to be was that you you would get into Barca B games free, mm-hmm. which was always good. I don't know if that's still the case since the since the stadium move. Um, and then in terms of tickets for Champions League and whatnot, I think realistically your your only hope for an away Champions League ticket is either via a Pena mm-hmm. um, or or via the source application, and that changed relatively recently, where you now have a window which you can apply. So it's no longer done on either a lottery. I think you now have a window on its first come first serve. So I think anyone who is kind of, I think it's probably biased towards people in European time zones. Sure, you want sure. to stay up till silly o'clock. Uh, but yeah, it's certainly a benefit. So so my my kind of understanding is that you've probably got a very good chance of classical tickets and, and, and semifinals onwards and an almost certain ticket of any of anything else you want to go to. Um, whether we get to see any football anytime soon remains to be seen. Yeah, but at least yeah, if it yeah. does happen, I'm, I'll be near the front of the queue. For sure. Plus, you can help me out too. You can you can send tickets my way. I'll, I'll pass you send, some money. <laughs> <my bit. laughs> well, before we get into a little bit of the preseason talk, because it's been a while since we talked, just want to go through some quick admin things. Really quick, we're, I'm still kind of on summer vacation right now. I will not be releasing episodes until after the 15th, obviously, when the season starts. Nothing's going to change. Episodes are going to be released on Monday on every platform available. And really quick, I just want to emphasize our Patreon community because we're still recording right now during the summer on our Barca Talk Cafe, where I speak with Mariana every Friday. We just talk about the news and what's going on here in Barcelona and just living here. So if you're interested in getting more content, it's five bucks a month, which is nothing. And the last thing is um, 
yeah, uh, every Tuesday and Thursday, I started doing this newsletter where I just kind of aggregate the best articles and videos. So if you're interested in getting that, because I know there's tons of information. So I, I was getting inundated with it. And I just like kind of aggregate it really quick and um, just put a touch of Barcelona because we also get photos from Mariana in there just to kind of give you a sneak peek of what's going on in Barcelona on a biweekly basis. So there you go. So if you're interested in, in the show notes, click subscribe. So. Craig, it's been a long time since we talked about all these things. We've been talking yes. through our WhatsApp group and everything like that. So I just kind of want to get your opinion, especially going into this season, you know, especially with basically only 11 days left to La Liga. Um, how are you feeling, you know, going into the season with all this player movement or lack of movement that's going on? Um, oh, it's a big question <laughs> because I'm, I'm going to throw an, uh, a cataclysmic if in there. If you remove the financial ramifications or whatever we mm -hmm. do next i'm actually really confident about where we are i think we've we've addressed the two biggest issues i felt we needed to address in we've brought in emerson royale who i'm a massive fan of i think that helps us um and eric garcia i think also helps us so we, we've addressed we've addressed defensively enough that i'm confident and we've addressed the second area which was i think to pie's really exciting for us whether he proves to be everything we hope obviously remains to be seen but i think it's a really sensible signing so on that front i'm really happy and i think in in gavi we we could have unearthed a really good talent in in mm -hmm. the summer as well so i think from that perspective we're in a really good place but he, really everything starts and stops with where we are financially right which yeah. at the minute we still don't know enough of laporta is making the right noises i thought we'd have more people out the door by now yeah um, but then at the same time, I remember Laporta saying that the market won't heat up until very late because of the Euros and the Olympics. So I would say I am cautiously excited. How about you? I mean, I, I you know, it's funny because we'll talk about Memphis in a second. I mean, I think really I just I'm really waiting for the first domino to fall, really. And that's either the messy renewal for everything to start going in one way or players exiting and nothing is happening right now. And. You know, we, we've been talking on the Barca Talk Cafe with Mariana and, you know, I've been doing this countdown because I, you know, from this point of view being in Spain, it's it's a major deal. Right. And you've kind of seen the temperature in our group. And I've also seen the temperature on social media that people are pretty relaxed right now. But the thing also, you know, without being able to register the players is a huge thing right now to me, because, you know, we saw over the weekend Barcelona win three nothing. Uh, over Stuttgart. And one of the things that stood out for me that I'm I'm actually more excited than I thought I was going to be was the Memphis signing. Mm -hmm. Because the speed and the strength that he brings and also that he's not old is so clear in the way he's playing, the way he's linking up. So I'm really excited for that. And I really want it to, to happen sooner because you can see the link up play. But again, not having the messy renewal. I mean, right now he's in Ibiza right now, you know, with Luis Suarez's family enjoying vacation and he's not going to practice until he signs that contract. So I'm still really concerned about this, but at the same time, I'm optimistic about the signings and how it's going to strengthen our defense going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think uh, what, what I find really interesting. So obviously I'm, I'm based out of the UK and I was watching, uh, I was watching some Sky Sports news this morning. Definitely not while I was working, if my employer <laughs> is listening. Um, and they were discussing the Harry Kane situation. And you mentioned the dominoes fall. And I think the first domino that falls won't be in, won't be within Barcelona. I think that's clear. I think we, because of our financial impediments that we have, we will be a club that people come and take people out of at the last minute, I think. Because why would you go and 
haggle the cost of Griezmann. Let's just pick. Let's just pick an example. I hope Griezmann stays personally, but let's roll with it because he's he's an obvious example. Why would you go and haggle with the price over Griezmann now, when you don't quite know what Lukaku will go for, or Kane will go for, or any of these players, and and you end up at the end of the market, you've realised that you've paid 80 million for Griezmann to a club who has no cash, whereas you could have got Kane for a hundred hypothetically. Yeah. So I think clubs are going to be reluctant to come and deal with us unless they're getting some very cut price deals, which I thought would happen. But it seems to me that Laporte is not doing that. He's not going and offering Coutinho out for 20 million if someone just picks up the burden of his wages. He's not going and offering Griezmann for free in return for some no mark low wage centre midfielder which I find really interesting. I think it's quite a brave strategy. And if it works, brilliant. If it doesn't, I don't know how we square the circle of of the wages that we have. Um, but I, so I think the dominoes that will fall won't be won't be within Barcelona. And I don't actually think they'll be within Spain, to be brutally honest. So that'll be interesting to, to watch. The other thing I would say on your point is, I think we're in a fortunate position that the positions that we... God, that was a terrible sentence. The positions <laughs> that we need to incorporate are positions that probably align themselves best to a latecomer. So Garcia slotting in at centre-half when he knows that he knows the club and he knows the language, I think we get away with that a little bit, no matter how late that is. And then I think you, you really, because Emerson Royale knows the league, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So again, I don't think we're in, in, a, in a big pickle there. But the players that are coming to the league, you've got Garcia, who is from within the club, historically, and then you've got two strikers, where they're playing and they're playing that nine role, and a nine is a nine is a nine. Mm-hmm. You just do more or less running, <laughs> and so I think I think we're actually all right. I think the 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 worry would be if we bring in a centre midfielder, mm. which I think is probably the only position unless we bring in another left back that we would look to strengthen. That would concern me if they're not getting minutes. But the nines, I don't I don't worry about too much. Messi linking up with them, I don't worry about them too much because I think Messi can play with anyone and everyone else will just have to play with Messi. Yeah, um, yeah. And then we've got the centre-half. So I think I think we're actually risk-free at the minute, assuming we don't sign anyone else. But we do need probably another yeah, yeah. signing. And we, we got this question from Carlos, one of our patrons, talking about the creative accounting that Laporta has to do. And, and mm. here, the... I guess the invisible deadline, I guess, is the Gamper Trophy game, right? To have Messi come play there. And Laporta, you know, allegedly is going to be working as hard as he can this weekend to get this all resolved and so forth. And the other thing I find interesting is that every morning he goes to the front door where the press continue to ask him questions about this. And he just continues to answer, todo bien, right? Everyone relax. Everyone thinks good, right? So the Gamper Trophy is really kind of that invisible deadline that, Hopefully, especially with just getting messy there, that's the first step. And then hopefully these players. Now, we got this question from Holger just talking about what do you envision the best starting 11? Let's say if it's for a Champions League quarterfinal match on a away leg. What to you, uh, using the players that we can, you know, uh, yeah. what would be your what would be your ideal starting 11 for yeah. that type of match? Can I address the first point first? And I'll sure. come back to this, sure. which is about the, the creative accounting. Isn't it bizarre? I'll rephrase that. Isn't it no? Isn't it conspicuous that the club released a press uh, press release and Laporta openly said, "We have a credit line. We are we are able to absorb credit here." That's bizarre. That's yeah. kind of it's kind of like you know on on the dating scene if someone says, <laughs> "You know, I am willing to hug." You're like, well, I know what you're saying here. I can read between the lines, right? <laughs> um, so I think in terms of the creative accounting, I don't actually think it will be creative accounting. I think it will be more debt 
hopefully better structured while we while we negotiate sponsorships and whatnot at the back end of it. I don't think I don't think it's in Laporta's favour, although it probably goes slightly against his character to mm. try and throw more smoke and mirrors as he tries to clear Bartomeu's smoke and mirrors. I think what they will do is they will just take it on the chin, uh, get more debt into the club and explain it away to sources that this is just necessary and it probably is. And therefore, I think everyone gets registered and everything's fine. So let's pick the squad on the basis that I think that's the case. I don't think okay. anyone need, anyone needs to panic too much about that. I would say Testegen, Alba. Right, your question is interesting for me because you're saying a, quarterly, a Champions League quarterfinal, which suggests yeah. that it's six months away rather than yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah. are we saying first game of the season or quarterfinal? Quarterfinal. Then I would say Garcia on the basis that I would start PK, okay. but I hope he's phased. Okay. Um, Garcia and Araujo, Emerson Royal. Okay. This is where it gets so tricky for me here. This midfield. Assuming Gavi doesn't continue his trajectory, which I kind of hope he doesn't, because I don't want him to get swallowed up in what's going on Mm -hmm. elsewhere. I hope he develops slower and plays minutes against, you know, Hitafe for Mm -hmm. twenty minutes. And that one, not Hitafe, because he'll kick the shit out of him. Um, (laughs) But you know, so I'm going to say Busquets still, but that's the one area that I'm not massively enamoured with. Um, De Jong, Pedri. Oh, Griezmann or Fatty? Take your pick. Yeah, Fatty was amazing, but I love Griezmann. The pie, Messi. It's okay. What about you? Okay, I but see, I you know again, I would maybe change the formation a little bit just because I want to have Griezmann and the pie up top working together and kind of have like a four four two style with Diamond with Messi. Yep. But again, I know that Kuman is not going to be tinkering too much with this lineup you know maybe we're going to see the four two three one even more than that we just saw last thing because now we have a true number nine with memphis there so we might see that mm-hmm. uh i talked about this last week you know looking at memphis's scouting report on y scout which was amazing mm-hmm. by the way uh you know he definitely tends to go more middle to the left and yeah. my question too was you know with messi and griezmann is this going to create too much traffic again on the left side where maybe Griezmann has to be on the right and maybe he doesn't get the ball as much. And so those are kind of my concerns. But, you know, really quick on Memphis, I've been thoroughly surprised just kind of diving deeper into him because I guess maybe I just had a preconceived notion about his Manchester days and just kind of leading up to that, that he was all hype and kind of didn't really deliver. But, you know, the last couple of seasons in the French league, he's he scored over 20 goals, which is very impressive in any league still. And also just seeing how... I, I I just can't get the word out of my mind. It's just how fresh he looks as a number yeah. nine for us, right? And I know it's only preseason. I know it's only preseason, but still, there's just something about seeing a hip in his step, right? Like where he is not labored running, and it's something that we haven't seen in a long time as a number nine. Yeah. What are your kind of your initial thoughts about Memphis? I know you have been yeah. excited about this because we talked about this sooner. Even yeah, seeing yeah. him now in the Blaugrana like this, are you even more excited about the potential of what he can do? I, w- I wouldn't say I was more excited because I kind of or I kind of thought this would happen. I think that the big thing for me out of his Man United days is that I remember that, and I, I'm going to use examples from the same club, and they're also the ones that stick out to me most, is Juan Sebastian Veron, arguably one of the greatest centre midfielders of, of, of his generation, our generation, uh, and Diego Forlan, a proven goal scorer, both went to Man United. And because, because of various reasons, people were saying, Oh, they're just awful players, and it's like that's not the case. Like, you can you can do well in one league and badly in another, and there could be a whole host of reasons why that is: language barriers, etc., etc., etc. So, I think his time at Man United was probably blown slightly out of proportion. I think he went to Man United and 
an, an atrocious time for a young mm-hmm, player to go mm-hmm. to that club. They, I mean, you could argue they're still in a state of flux, but they're still yeah, yeah, for sure, then. for sure. So I think that that's been blown out of proportion. What I find really interesting, and it, it, it was the same for the Netherlands, is that the last time we saw this in Blaugrana, as you've put it, was was Suarez's first few seasons. Yeah, yeah. High is the Suarez of old. Like he will do that. He will do that running. He will tie up defenders. He's got a trick in him, but I, I wouldn't call him tricky. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, when he starts messing around with the ball, like he did against Stuttgart, and he gets kicked, I kind of feel like fair enough. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'd be better he'd be, be better at it or stop doing it. But you know, he's tricky enough, um, and and I think he's the he's the perfect replacement for Suarez, minus the fact we've got him slightly later than I thought we would get someone like that. So I'm really excited, and I think to your point about clogging up the left, I don't think that'll be the case because, and it goes to the reasons why I would play Griezmann probably, and I would play him on the left, certainly, is because I think Griezmann's the only player ahead of that midfield that is willing to do anywhere near the amount of running that you need to do for Alba nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I think you'll actually see a bit more of a withdrawn Griezmann in this formation because Depay can operate at the head of that attack. And I think it will probably free Messi up a little bit more to play a bit more um, sensibly. Maybe that's the wrong word because that implies he's reckless otherwise. But you know what I mean. I think he's yeah, yeah, yeah. that right hand side a bit more because he'll have an, an, an obvious outlet. You know, if Messi picks the ball up and sees five defenders between him and the goal and Brathwaite for help, he's gonna he's gonna do things that he feels he needs to make happen. If you got Depay, okay, you might ping that pass into him. So I actually don't see any any worries with playing them three together. I think Depay gives a lot of options. I think him and Aguero in a two. Going back to your point about formations, could be really interesting rather than Griezmann. I think if Aguero can hang off the shoulder of a defender and Depay can do those kind of little 10, 15-yard doggy runs, that could be really interesting. I think he just gives us options. And he doesn't seem to be the sort of guy that would cause trouble. I think he's someone that will fit nicely into that. You need to be upper echelons of the squad, but he's not going to come in and try and fight for some kind of dressing room dominance. I I think he's an amazing signing. And and to pick him up for for free is as glorious, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just need to get him registered. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited because, again, I was maybe you know again just media bias of just what happened in Manchester United, you know, because I don't really follow Manchester United and so yeah, forth, yeah. and just kind of reading between the lines. But yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised, and like you said, I just having the physicality, the speed like that, I think is going to open up a lot. Maybe Messi has to do less work and just do more playmaking because now you have Griezmann dropping off, like you said. So we'll we'll definitely see that, and that kind of leads to a question we got in our WhatsApp group about the potential attack of this and i know this is like hold on to your seats a little bit but you know the question was being asked is it equal or could it be better than msn and i mean that's that's going to be difficult because you're adding four you know the question was actually Griezmann, messi memphis and aguero compared to msn it's you know like i always say craig dreaming is free right but msn was formidable they won a champions league la liga it's going to be a lot of pressure i'm not saying it's not unattainable yeah, but there was just something about those early MSN days that was, you know, uh, clinical, flamboyant, uh, speed. It had everything you kind of would want in a trio. Yeah. It's going to be really difficult to duplicate that, but it could have a very high potential of having a really great goal output for these next two seasons for sure. What, what I think will be interesting is if you if you think back to the MSN days, that that three was amazing. But who was yeah. the fourth? 
you're running off yeah. players like Paco Alcacer. Pedro, Pedro. Yeah, Pe- well, uh, it was Pedro. Yeah, Pedro. I mean, he came in the second half. So I'm not saying, no, he didn't. No, you no, know. No, he was a great player, but I mean, to me, he was always an advanced midfielder rather than a withdrawn sure. forward, even though that's probably semantics, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, not a bad shout. But, you know, the, the, the fourth the fourth player alongside them was generally kind of... Yeah, a bit of a bit of a third string quarterback, right? Yeah. You know, he's there he's there to give training reps to the defense rather than do anything else. For sure. Whereas I think that four is is brilliant. I think um the crux of which one will be better out of them two, probably yeah. Ne- Neymar was amazing, but Neymar was also at times and so Terrible. frustrating. Right. And he right. would disappear <laughs> for games on end. You know, if you're getting if you're getting ten out of ten for all of those players, MSN wins hands down. Yeah, 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 for sure. If you're getting the actual production that, that came out of that one, this team probably has a chance to to get ahead of that because I think you're unlikely to see a four from any of those players. People forget there were a lot of fours out in Neymar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get him off and put someone else on, but then he would go and do something just stupid in the next game that would make YouTube break yeah. uh, so it's, it's a good question I think it'll be interesting to play out I think it le- it leads itself to the question that I've got in my mind right now which is how scared are you right now if you're Coutinho Dembele or, or Ansu Fati actually uh, I would I would say that I mean especially Coutinho and Dembele because as we talked I mean unfortunately Dembele got hurt during the, the Euros and again he's just proven to not be sustainable and so you know with those I, I don't even see any playing time for Coutinho I mean how does he even fit in this team uh, I think he's more of a detriment when he is on this team because I think he just clogs the passing lanes and I just I just prefer any of these other players prefer to Coutinho and so I just is see him possible- right in the bench. And this is a genuine question, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Is it possible that we've never played Coutinho in position? Because I don't oh, know how you go from the player he was to the player he became. And is bringing in Depay potentially the key to Coutinho? Because is, is he going to start playing in a formation where he recognises more around him than he did? You know, his 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 foray into Spanish football pre-Barca was well, Espanol. Yeah, yeah. May as well be a pub team. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let me, let me counter you with this question. So, yes, it could be. But do you have confidence that Kuman's going to be unlocking that? And that probably is where not. I could, yeah, that's why Pro- I get the probably question. Probably not. So, but what, what, what I would say is if, if, if you're looking at the minute, the players that we could sell, I'd be selling Dembele first. I think you get better sure. market value for him. And we, we kind of know what we're getting. On, on, a, on a great day, you're getting a phenomenal player. On an average day, you're getting a liability that you can't sure. trust, right? And that's, yeah, that's yeah. some of it is down to bad luck. Yeah. But again, how many injuries do you, you know, if you had a How car many that seasons? Broke, that's, a, like, that's it. Like yeah. I've said this before, how, how many times would you stick with a car that broke? Because when you do drive it, the radio works. <laughs> you, you wouldn't do it, right? So I think some of it's bad luck, some of it's bad decision making, some of it by all accounts is a bad lifestyle choice that yeah. a lot of them are changing. Whereas Coutinho, you, you, you're going to get less for him and there's, there's arguably unknown upside. I'm not going to say more upside, but unknown upside that you could tap into. Um, so I think I'd be... I wouldn't be against giving Coutinho another chance, but it has to be a very short-lived second yeah, chance yeah, for if sure. he's hanging around. I mean, I'm not, you know, I would have much rather had these opportunities before, you know, not to leave it on the table now that we may need him, for example. Mm-hmm. But again, I really just don't know what the best position for him where you substitute him in and then take out Messi or Griezmann or whatever, you know, that's, that's the, I mean, I know no, that's not going to happen, but I I'm just saying the only like one that's where... Logical. I think the only one that's logical is exactly what you mentioned about the change of formation is that you stick in behind and out and out front. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, they they because that because that from memory and you know again for, too, I'm for, trying to remember his Liverpool I don't days, watch you know? huge amounts of the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. Um it's ridiculously overhyped here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's sycophantic almost in terms of the commentary. So I don't watch huge sure. amounts, but from memory, that's kind of the Liverpool team he played in was kind of a, a proper behind. front two with him in behind. Yeah. Him. And he was brilliant. Like when he when he signed, yeah, I, yeah. Was, I was all over that signing. So maybe Coutinho is also another one who Gets a bit of a second chance through no fault of his own. That's wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? No, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But through the actual out, you know, having an outright number nine that is actual physical and yeah, going no, to no, occupy no, no those. No one sli- wanted him and, exactly. and moves elsewhere in the squad. Exactly. Maybe give him a bit of a second run at it. And I think, I think Kuman's pragmatic enough that he will give him a chance. I don't know if he's a good enough tactician and, and, and technician to get out of him something that's in there that no one else has seen. But I think he'll give him. A, I think he'll give him a shot at it. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. And the other thing too, with Pedri playing so many <laughs> hashtag free Pedri, so many, uh, so many minutes, there might be opportunities at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. where we're going to need Coutinho in some sort of midfield role just to occupy those minutes at the beginning. Yeah. You know, I the other thing too is I just want if if Coutinho does get minutes, I really just want to see him fight those minutes and really try to put effort because to me having 20 passes and not making a mistake is just not good enough right now i need to see something electric i'd rather him take chances take risks be a playmaker if he can take his shot from the outside do those things that we were excited about when he first was coming to the team don't play conservative because it's pretty much this or that right especially at the beginning of the season where i think he's going to get any playing time well let's let's move on to sorry before you look at and this is one for our american viewers is this is is this uh, is Coutinho this year Andy Dalton in the sense of he has to go and do something before he gets completely overlooked by a youngster that a year ago would have been unthinkable. That's what comes into my head. Andy Dalton and Coutinho have got to have the same year in order to prolong their career at the top level. That's that. I, I like that analogy. I like that and analogy. As a, I, as a packer, I, I hope Dalton <laughs> fails. But <laughs> I have a lot of Bears fans. They were not happy with the Dalton signing, but let's let's move on. So that's kind of just just the news on Barca. Let's let's go on to some Barca B because there's been some movement and some saga that's been going on where it's kind of been you know having Kool Aid's question what's been going around as a loud motorcycle passes by. First person I want to talk about is Alex Coelho. You know he's leaving. It looks like he's leaving for Barcelona for Bruges. We talked about this in our WhatsApp group. You thought yeah. it was a good move. Yeah, I'm it. utterly disappointed by this move. You say your piece first. <laughs> I love it. I think I think it's sensible. I think w- Ricky Pooge throws up an amazing dilemma for Barcelona moving forward, mm. which is how how long can we keep hold of talents who are clearly ready to step up from Barca B, who we don't know are ready to step into this Barca team and certainly this Barca environment right now. Uh, what do we do with them? Because the minute you don't play them, you get you get the, in my opinion, ridiculously overblown sure. style of drama. The minute the minute Pooj gets on, he's either, you know, uh, <laughs> he's either being held against his will in some kind of awfully archaic labor contract, or he is the next thing since sliced cheese or whatever. You know, there's never a game where it's like, well, there's some more minutes for a player to develop. So if if you if you if you don't want to put another player into that scenario. What do you do? You need to send him out somewhere, or you sell him and buy him back. Buybacks historically, we've we've either <laughs> we've been massively Bad. massively behind yeah, the yeah, eight yeah. ball on it. We've <laughs> had to spend too much money, or we've let it yeah. we've let it flip. Yeah. Um, 
Kukare is a great example. Correct. Um, Took so the you words right out of my mouth. Loan. What we've no. done, well, loans is we've chosen loans atrociously badly. Like how many times have we said this player should definitely go to somewhere like Ajax, and then they end yeah, up yeah. Yeah. after? Yeah. And you're like, well, that's pointless <laughs> yeah, yeah. because they're playing a different system with a different mentality. You know, you, you can go and learn some things from going and playing. You know, if, if you're if you're expecting that player to compete for you at the top end of a league and you send them to a lower end of the league, unless you're going to try and toughen them up, which is a very British mentality that I don't mm-hmm. think many clubs are doing anymore, and rightly so, what are you achieving? Because all you're doing is learning that player to have the ball for 30% of the game probably get terrified when they've got it, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So long story short, the reason I like the Kiara one is one, it gets him first team experience with, with, with grown men mm-hmm. um, playing for something. It's a, it's a team at the top of their league. Their league is good enough that it will develop him without being that good, that there's lots of glare on him. And all of a sudden he becomes a failure overnight. He doesn't win the Eredivisie or something like that. Um, I love it. Bring it back in a year. They've said there's no option to buy, which signals the intent. They're not sure. gonna lose him. They're not gonna lose him. So I, I, I just there's there's nothing I don't like, and I don't see he's a great player, and I'd love to see him make it in the first team, but I don't see who you put in, sure. who you put sure. ahead of. I, I think I think it takes all the boxes. I think my only contention with this is just the team that he's going to. You know, I'm always pro La Liga because I just want to have him stay in the environment and just kind of learn about the league and just play in this league if you can, whether it be like for a team like Granada, for example, that's just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But but you're right with Bruges. I'm just saying because I think it's just an easier correlation that you can say he played against XYZ opponent in La Liga. It's an easier transition if we want to buy him back or not. That's all I'm saying. Because as you said, we're not good at buying our players back yeah. because of who they, you know, the different competition, different teams in different leagues. And that's all I'm saying, just to make it easier. That's the only thing I th- that's the only thing I do not like about this. I would just rather him just stay in La Liga somehow and just finding a team where he can really prove himself. Because I know in Bruges, there should be no excuse for not for him not starting for this mm-hmm. team because he is talented enough to do that. But then what happens if he doesn't, you know, then all of a sudden it starts to slide. And then obviously we go into the slippery slope where we just kind of lose another player again. You know, the reason I don't like the Liga, by the way, I Mm -hmm. think it's one of these ones where and please don't take this as a dig. I don't mean it that way. It makes all sorts of it makes all sorts of sense until reality happens, because as we've seen with people like Alenia and Rafinha is that when they play when they inevitably play against us, they can't win because they're. They, they, they can never play well enough to please someone or they try mm-hmm. overly hard. The minute they kick a Barca player, it's like, oh my God, like what's going on here? But at the same time, we need them to be competitive. They sure. can play against Madrid. There's an agenda. Atleti, <laughs> there's an agenda. I see what you and mean. Can, and can we get them high enough up the league that it matters? Because again, my point is, I honestly think if we if we want to be competing for titles, we need to send them places where they're competing for titles because it's pointless sending them. That's a good point. That's mentality. a good point. So I think it the, the the intention is brilliant. The reality is just I just don't think we we have it. And I think we've seen with Elena and Rafinha, who are the two biggest ones that jump out at me. Uh, Sampa went to Celta as yeah. well, didn't he? Or was it Dennis Suarez? Dennis Suarez went Suarez, to Celta. Yeah. With them, we, it, it just stunted them, in my opinion, yeah. because all of a sudden they just couldn't. They almost couldn't succeed unless they went and just tore it a new one, like Emerson has. Yeah. Um, I, I just think it's it's I just think it's unlikely, and I think we we have to send them somewhere somewhere else and i think belgium and holland are two really sensible options i'm i'm i guess i'm just more you know with with more dutch 
league than than the Belgian league, you know, because Which Bruges basically wins, because Bruges usually wins the league usually every season. But again, I, I see your point; it's a fair point. Um, really quick, just before we move, before we end the show, uh, you you know this saga with the Iliax Morio situation <laughs> where he's asking for more money, you know, th- like to me this uh, is not a black and white situation, right? I mean, it just really depends on how you kind of lean because on one point of view, I can see. He's a young player. He's just trying to get the money that he can. I understand all that stuff. I don't fault him because this happens all over the world in every type of sport. Every time, I mean, this happens all the time. This is happening right now in the NBA. And mm-hmm. your boy Aaron Rodgers, uh, stuff like this, asking for more money before they can play. I know the Aaron Rodgers situation is a little uh, different. But again, a lot of players, obviously, we've seen the racist comments on, on social media. And also a lot of play, uh, people I've heard on social media as well calling him selfish because he's asking for more money at this moment. You know, I'm I'm kind of on the fence with this because I respect what he's trying to do. But at the same time, on the other side is like, this is not the moment because Barca doesn't have the money. So what are we going to yeah, do with him? You know, it's an interesting one because so before, so I, I work as, a, as an IT consultant now. I work with a Microsoft Power Platform. Before that, I was in recruitment. So the, these conversations are things that I saw for years. And I would say there's a lot of, Rogers is a great caller, a lot of similarities with Rogers, right? Which is, which is this. So professional athlete says, you need to pay me all of this money or else. And the club says, or else what? Yeah. And the player's got nothing to come back with. Like realistically, what leverage did Rogers have? None. Okay. You don't want to play for us. That's fine. Retire. Well, he's not going to do that, is he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Elijah's the same, which is give me more money or else. And the club says, or else what? Or else, well, or else I'll, go right okay go where because you're a child effectively in football terms you're a child yeah, who's yeah. proven to be difficult yeah so who's going to take you and it's kind of like you know thankfully at barca we don't see this movie very often but when we do yeah. it rarely ends well yeah i i can't fault the club i i don't necessarily fault his representatives for pushing for the best deal for him but christ there's sure. a way of going around it and it's not like this you know the, the, the club has nothing to lose with this guy yeah yeah because for every uh, Gerard Piquet, Cesc Fabregas of Barca's history, you've got a million other Dongaos who played. Dongao played, what, three Champions League games? We never saw him again. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching him in, in Leverkusen live and thinking, wow, this kid's amazing. We left the stadium going, wow, this kid could be incredible. And then I, I couldn't even tell you if he's still playing football. Yeah. You know, so the club have got relatively little to lose. Elisha's got a lot to lose. And I just think the club need to, need to stand their ground and say, and I, I love it. It's this or it's nothing. And do you know what? I wish we did more of that. It's this yeah. or it's nothing. You say you well, want to be here, prove it. Yeah, the latest coming out today is that they've given him the definitive offer. So he either has to take it or, or leave it, essentially. And I think he will take it, obviously. Um, just like you said, because he has way more to lose. And basically, it's just like, you know, it's like one of those things, uh, having a lawsuit against a huge corporation. It's so difficult because the lawyers will just chew it up for years and years and years and years. And that's kind of yeah. the same thing here. It's like, don't go against the firm essentially because they, they'll just push this through. So just, you know, get the money right now, prove your worth because that's the other thing is we need to see more action, more games from him to even invest even more money into him in the future. So yeah, yeah it's, it's a really interesting um, predicament here that's going on with him. He's really, got no leverage. Yeah, I know. I know. I know he doesn't, but again, it's just kind of, you know, it happens in sports. You, you know, as, also- as, Mar- as Mariana said, she wanted to mentor him to hopefully guide him in this process to do it in a better job. Because that's the thing. It's like, you know, we can fault his lawyers, his team, but again, he's got to sign up for it as well. You know, it's not just, uh, also, we can blame him. 
also is he that good like this isn't revisionism that, no no I, that's what, that's what i'm saying i'm is, not sure is, either is he that good like what i'm not sure of him that makes his agents think that he can demand this like uh, he he did well but I talk about overblowing your own self-importance. Of course. This reminds me of a very NFL type of move where a running back has one great season, let yeah. tries to leverage that. But Moniba had fine performances, not great, not terrible, but just fine, you know, and trying to leverage that as well. You know, it's how can more... you look at and I know I know we're laboring this point a little bit, but sure. how can how can you look at Mingessa and how Mingessa's handling himself yeah. and then go no, what I'm going to do is the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, but also, you know, this is the other thing too that, that happens a lot is the socioeconomics in this, you know. Uh, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, you know, uh, what family and all this stuff. Yeah. You know, when we look at this situation with race and different things that's going on, maybe Minguesa doesn't need the money as much. He has a little bit better leverage or the financial support from his family, whereas Moriba may not. I don't know what the situation is. That's a really, that's a really, so that's that's, that's a really another thing. Point. I always remember. I always remember my dad saying, "It's better to have a pound that you know you can have than a hundred pound that you might get." Right? Which, it, it, but I agree with you, and I think it's also you. You mentioned there the social economic factors and the race factors uh, in play here, and I think it's also we should because we 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 kind of glossed over it, although you mentioned mm -hmm. it in your in your kind of preamble to this. Um, anyone in any walk of life ever that throws race and gender and, uh, you know, ethnicity and sexuality, et cetera, in, into these conversations just is a, is a scumbag of the highest order. And I think it probably goes out saying that that's the case, but uh, anyone that is using this as an excuse to, to be racist is just, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just, it's despicable, isn't it? And it yeah, is yeah. disgusting. And, and again, as much as I'm saying, well done for the club for fronting this out and saying, listen, mate, you take this or you leave this. I would say a big, uh, a big well done if that doesn't sound massively patronizing in the circumstances, but a big well done to Elijah for posting the video he did on social media and for the club for reposting that and just saying, no, yeah. no, we're going to call this out. Like yeah. how much of this goes on under the radar in these circumstances? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Much in the same way that Elijah should be reacting very differently to this. Anyone that thinks that's even remotely an excuse to go on the way they no, have no, is an no. embarrassment to our entire fan base. For sure. And I wish he would have posted those usernames because then hundred percent that that is the one thing that needs to really quick. That is my one uh, gripe with social media. There has to be an accountability. Like we have to know their, uh, like the platforms need to know date of birth, phone number, that type of thing. So people can't just troll so easily because on Twitter, for example, you can just make a profile in two seconds and yeah. troll people and stuff. So that definitely has to change. Well, let's 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 pivot here on a, on a happy note and close this. You know, the Femini obviously were the crown jewel of, of basically FC Barcelona last season, win the triple at the, and now they have just opened their doors to La Masia for these yep. young female competitors. You know, we got a comment here from Carlos just talking about how it was long overdue and so forth. But more importantly, this is one of the things where, you know, we've talked about this, you know, I love football and stuff, but there's also something to being a Barca fan. And this, this goes into it as well as just being Mexican club, right? Mm -hmm. The idea that we have a women's team is one thing. The other idea that we've invested money to accomplish all these goals that we just did last season, which is phenomenal. But now really coming through and really providing a academy for these women in Catalonia to bring in to be become a pipeline is something unheard of. Because like, for example, if we compare Real Madrid or Atletico on this, they're, you know, they have teams, but they're not at this level yet, which I think is incredible and really a, a statement from Laporta and this board, because this is something they, they, they put on the ballot when they were, when they were campaigning and they've fallen through and they just opened the doors this week. So I'm very excited about this because I do follow yep. Femini. 
Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, how can you how can you be a vehicle for change if you only serve half of your community? Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't even need to talk about football or Barca in this point. It's just in any in any walk of life, you you can't you can't be more than anything if you're by definition half of something, right? Yeah. So um, I think it's a great move. I think it's uh, I think it's a step in the right direction. It, it's one of those ones where. You could you could almost dismiss this because it's so logical. Sure. <laughs> like it, it's almost like give me a reason why you wouldn't. Do, you know, I'm I'm a big socialist, and that that's unfortunately my view of socialism. It's like give me a reason why you wouldn't do this. Give me a reason yeah. why you don't want people to have healthcare and food and housing. You know, it's kind of that's where I get to with this. Is it's it's in the same ballpark, which is if you if you provide something for your male athletes, then give me a reason why you don't do it for your female athletes. So yeah, it's a great move. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to debate something. Whereas, yeah, 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 for right? sure. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to announce it because I think you know, with yeah. all the you know, we, as we talked about in the beginning, with all these things that, and you know, all the news that comes with all the player signs, there's sometimes you know, it's there's epic move. news. It's a great move in that, yeah. and more importantly, I, as I've talked with Mariana, you know, she as a female reporter, a female point of view, and we talk about these issues with feminine stuff. It's another thing, like you said, it's it's including the whole community now, right? Now these little girls have something to aspire for. They can go to the matches because now the matches are going to be more accessible. And on top of that, now they have this pipeline that's going to help create these young, talented players that are going to even help not only with FC Barcelona, but the Spanish national team. So yeah, yeah. it's it's a great move all around. Yeah, there's something great I've seen this week. So um, I'm not a massive cricket fan. And obviously, you're now thinking, "Where the hell are you going?" What? With this? I'm not. A, I'm not a big cricket fan. I don't mind it. It's 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 all right. Um, but there's a, a new format called the hundred. I don't know if you've seen it, but mm. basically, they've kind of taken the concept of limited overs cricket, and they've they've now what they've done is they've got eight teams, franchises effectively, and it's a men and a women's team, and they play the same fixtures on the same night in the same ground back to back. And it's amazing. And you know what's really noticeable? Because I've been watching it when there's been not much else on, mm-hmm. is like it's noticeable how many young girls are in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And they're sharing an identity and they're sharing uh, facilities and all of these things. Uh, and it feeds into the gamper, which uh, there is a link here. Don't worry. It feeds into the gamper, which is you have the you have the games back to back and you prevent you present both squads between sure. the two games. So you're not giving one team precedence over another. What a great message! And it's it's difficult now that Femini are playing out of uh, out of the own Cruyff, uh, yeah. obviously. But is that something that we could see in the future, which is, you know, could could the Federation look at, for example, back to back classicals? Yeah, for sure. Something I, I don't know. But we if, if if we need to drive this game forward, which we do for, for, for parity, then this is the great first step. But I think it's interesting that it's it's across it's across the sporting spectrum. It seems like this is really gathering some traction and the performances of the Barca women's team last season can only be a good thing for this. And, you know, all, all, you know, if we inspire one girl, then we, then we achieve the aim. Right. So yeah, I'm with you. I think we should be, we should be celebrating it as a huge, a huge achievement for Laporta, no matter what comes next in many ways. Um, But it's just exciting. It's exciting to see us actually be a masculine club for once. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and we'll finish off with that. It's just when I went to the feminine game, we, I was there with maybe five other people, right? And I mm-hmm. grant you it was a midweek game and so forth. But the, at the same time, as I've been shouting from the mountains some more, just include more. Get the young girls excited. And this is another thing where they can identify and will want to nag their parents, right, to go to these matches. And that's really what it is, you know? It's like one of the reasons why you identify with your team, you know? You play a sport. The, the team is in your city. You become a fan, essentially. It's a very easy connection. And now – the community, like I say, I cannot stress this enough. Now it's not just boys, 
it's girls. And at the school, everyone can be a huge Barca supporter. So that's that's something we can be at. Well, Craig, uh, we'll speak soon. It was great chatting with you as always about Pleasure FC always. Barcelona. And everyone, thanks for listening. We'll be back after August 15th, uh, after the first match with our review. And until then, Forza Barca. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.